the series that um, uh, Pastor oh, Caroline, Pastor Glenn, and I have been doing this. Uh, and I have just enjoyed a most beautiful. I'm going to quiet week. read from Luke chapter it's been two. Fantastic. And we're going to be looking the phone at hardly two rang at all. Amazing and, uh, older people. And the weather's been nice as well. People who have lived their lives in Israel during the time of great oppression, particularly by the Roman authorities, a time of great corruption by the Jewish authorities, a time where religiosity was everything and faithfulness was very little. But these two people, a man and a woman, had re remained faithful and prayerful to God all their lives. And God blessed them and honoured them in a very special way. Let's read of how God blessed and honoured these two elderly folk. I'm reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 38. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, some people think that the Holy Spirit didn't come until Pentecost. Not so. The Holy Spirit was very much evident throughout the whole of the Old Testament. When you read it, look for how the Holy Spirit spoke to different people at different times. And even here, the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. It had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah, the Christ. And moved by the Spirit, Simeon went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. What a beautiful prayer. And the child's father and mother, who was that? Joseph and Mary, of course, marveled at what was said about this baby Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. 
that's not a very nice thing to say, is it? Not very encouraging. But sometimes, under the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, you speak the truth that God has revealed. Verse 36. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Here was a woman of prayer and God honoured her. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So this was a public proclamation that she has made. Verse 39. Oh no, let's leave it at there. The proclamation that she made. Let me ask you this question. Do you love to hear again the real stories surrounding Christmas? Do you? Really? Good. Because I love the real stories surrounding Christmas rather than the secular myths that our secular media uses in an attempt to usurp the real history and meaning of Christmas. I have been listening to ads on TV about the supposed real meanings of Christmas. And I've thought to myself, really? The real meaning of Christmas is giving presents? No, they haven't. No, they haven't. The real meaning of Christmas is having turkey and ham? I, I know the supermarkets wanted to sell the turkey and ham, but that's the real meaning of Christmas? The real meaning of Christmas is to go on a holiday with your friends and family to one of these top-line resorts where all your needs and wants are met, that's the real meaning of Christmas? You've got to be joking. But that's what they've been telling us. The gospel record of Simeon and Anna is more than merely a couple of nice stories surrounding the birth of our Lord Jesus. The context in which these encounters took place was when Mary and Joseph came to the temple in Jerusalem to fulfill the sacrificial requirements of the law at that time. And that's part of the Christmas story. And according to Leviticus chapter 12, a woman who gives birth to a son remains impure for seven days. And afterwards, she must bathe to purify herself. Now, I find that fascinating because in China, in countryside China, 
they have a similar tradition. But it's not seven days, it's 30 days, isn't it? Yes. And I find that fascinating that here, the Jewish traditional customs of over two, three thousand years ago have some sort of synergy with the ancient customs of China. Fascinating. Then, then having purified herself, the mother must present herself to the priest and offer the appropriate sacrifices for her atonement. And this is all recorded for us in Leviticus chapter 12. And this was also the time for Mary and Joseph to present the baby, the baby Jesus, to God as an act of thanksgiving, at which time he would also have been circumcised on the sixth day as part of the Mosaic, sorry, the eighth day as part of the Mosaic law. And I am sure that Mary and Joseph were simply fulfilling the requirements of the law and despite the circumstances surrounding Mary's pregnancy, they would not have expected any special attention. As far as they were concerned, the circumstances surrounding Mary's conception and pregnancy they were gone nine months ago. They were simply now fulfilling the legal requirement. It was as they approached the temple courts that they were then stopped by this man Simeon. And in our reading, we learn that Simeon had been told by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he had seen the promised Messiah. Have you ever been given a promise by God that a certain event would take place before you had died or before the end of the year or before a certain event occurred? Throughout my ministry, I have met a number of people who have been given such promises. And usually I met them after the event had been fulfilled. So it was in the fulfilment that they shared their joy with me. God is a promise-giving God. And he gave a promise to Simeon. It was also the Holy Spirit that had directed Simeon to go to the temple on that day at that time. Simeon was not just a prayerful man who listened to the Spirit of God. He was a prayerful man who was prepared to act upon the directions that God had given him. And he made sure that he was obedient to the, to the voice of God. And when Simeon saw Mary and Joseph, he took the baby Jesus in his arms and he gave thanks and praise and honour and glory to God. Lord, now dismiss your servant in peace. 
according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. I'm looking at this babe in my arms. And this babe is the one in whom your promised salvation has come. Fascinating. Because the name Jesus, which is the Greek rendering, is the Aramaic Yeshua, which means he who saves. I am looking on the one who is the Yeshua, the promised Messiah, the one who saves. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. This was truly a beautiful prayer and a wonderful confession of faith. And as Simeon took hold of the Lord Jesus and cradled him in his arms, he looked upon him and with an unhesitating certainty that is born out of a long-standing faith relationship with God and a heart to heed the voice of the Spirit of God, Simeon acknowledged the baby Jesus as the long-awaited Messiah. Without hesitation, Simeon declared that this babe was the saviour of the world, a salvation that was not born of man, but of God for all mankind. It's important to note that Simeon's prayer declaration occurred without Mary having first informed him of any of the events surrounding her pregnancy or the birth of her baby. Having now seen the Lord's promised Messiah, Simeon went on to say that he was now content to die. His life had been fulfilled and what a fulfilment it was. His life had been fulfilled in what the Lord had promised to him. What was Joseph and Mary's response to all this? What would your response be? Would someone have to pick your jaw up off the ground and sort of close your mouth? Or would you think, oh yeah, well this is just another one of those amazing events. I mean to say, there was the angel Gabriel in Nazareth, there was uh, the, the shepherds, and well, probably the wise men had not come yet at this time. Well, I think that Mary and Joseph marvelled at all that Simeon had done and said. They knew that God was doing something very special that would have global implications, but they did not yet understand what it all entailed or how God was going to work in the future. Mary and Joseph simply had the faith that God knew what he was doing and that they were part of God's almighty plan 
but they didn't have it all mapped out. You know, so often in life, this is also true for us. We know that God is at work in our lives or the lives of our loved ones. But we're not quite sure what the implications will be for the future. You may have a child that you know God has got a special purpose for your child, but you don't know what it is. But you will hold that in your heart and you will prayerfully lift your child before the Lord every day of their life. And one day they will do or they will say something and then you will be able to say, thank you God, that's what it was all for. Luke then recorded that Simeon blessed Mary and Joseph. And he said to them these words, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. This was to, to Mary and Joseph. This was a word of prophecy. This child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. Many will be exalted many will be cast down. And for a sign which will be spoken against, yes, a sword will, will pierce through your own souls also, that the hearts and the thoughts of many may be revealed. This one, this child, is going to cause division, and separation, some for exaltation, some not. These words must have been rather concerning for Mary and Joseph because Simeon spoke of trouble and suffering ahead. And in the light of the cross of Christ, we now understand the words of Simeon. You see, Simeon was spot on. Simeon had a sense that the cross was part of the life of the baby that he held in his hands. The death of the Lord Jesus on the cross of Calvary was always going to divide and polarise people as they grappled with the true significance of the cross. The big question was that was to cause this division is, was Jesus merely a rabble-rouser who got in the way of the ruling class and suffered the social consequences? Or was he divinely appointed by God to give new hope and make the way for all people to be restored and reconciled to God? And you know something? That division is still here today, 2,000 years later. 
the cross of Christ is still the symbol of division between those who accept that God is doing something mighty and wonderful in Jesus and those who dismiss Jesus as merely a rabble-rouser who got what he deserved because he challenged the status quo of the day. And it's an issue that you today again have to answer for yourself in your own spirit. Where do you stand on this issue? Where do you stand about Jesus? Is Jesus who he said he is or is he one of the biggest liars who has ever foisted a joke on the world? You've got a choice and it will divide. It will divide families as it has done here among us today. There are some of us here today who have family members who have chosen to reject Jesus as a bad joke, while others in the family have embraced him as God in flesh, having died for us and having opened the way for us to have a right relationship with God. A little while later, Mary and Joseph were then met by an old lady called Anna. We are told she was a prophetess. In fact, she is the only woman in the New Testament who is explicitly described as a prophetess. That is, unless you want to count the four daughters of Philip the Evangelist in Acts chapter 21. But they are actually never named. Anna is. Anna was a woman of 84 years and we are told she had been widowed as a young woman. She was probably married around about 15, 16, 17 years of age, as was common in the culture. She was widowed after seven years. So say she was around about 24 when she was widowed. She's now 84. She's been a widow for how many years? Okay, Peter, you can choose who you're going to give the chocolate to. (laughs) She's been widowed around about 60 years. And since she was widowed, she has been a woman of faith and a woman of prayer. She was known by everyone in Jerusalem for her faithfulness and prayerfulness before God. Verse 37 is your reference. Obviously, she was greatly respected. And when she saw the baby Jesus, she also gave thanks to God and made it known to all who could hear that this would be the one to redeem Israel. This woman, this widow of 84 years of age, yelled out, as much as she could to all who would hear. People, see this baby. See this child. This is the one. This is the promised Messiah. 
This is the one to redeem Israel. The division started. Some would have said, ah, go on with you. This is just a baby. Why pick this baby out from all the others? Others may have gone to Mary and Joseph and talked to find out more about this child. Division. Luke does not record for us any of the exact words of Anna. However, it's obvious that her words had an impact on many who heard her because her message concerning the baby Jesus was one of what God was going to do in him for the redemption of Israel. And to be sure, at that time, all of Israel was under the dominance and control of the Roman Empire, which was both heathen and corrupt. And they were colluding with some of the Jewish authorities who were more interested in religiosity and corruption than they were in the things of God and living lives of faithfulness and obedience to God. People were looking for a hope. And Anna's message would have been listened to by some. It is most likely that Luke recorded these two encounters with Simeon and Anna because he saw how they fulfilled the Old Testament requirement for two witnesses to validate the truth concerning the birth and person of the Lord Jesus. As their declarations suggest, in the Lord Jesus, the promised Messiah has now been revealed. And Simeon and Anna were God's two witnesses to this fact. What does all this mean? Well, it means that a new era has dawned with a new and living voice of divine prophecy to be revealed. Clearly, in all this, Luke is not painting an idealised portrait of Mary and Joseph. Rather, he is painting a very realistic and human picture of Mary and Joseph as good parents, anxious, concerned, striving to be obedient to God and with understanding but not yet fully comprehending. That's the picture that we have of Mary and Joseph. The first Christmas and the Christ child came at a particular point in time, but for many, like Mary and Joseph, the significance of the birth of the Lord Jesus is only understood incrementally. And over the course of many years, sometimes a lifetime. We know that by the time that Jesus began his ministry, Joseph had already died. But Mary was still alive. Mary witnessed the fulfillment of the promises of the ministry of Jesus. She saw 
the miracles that he performed. And she saw him nailed to the cross of Calvary. And she saw not only her own heart pierced, but his as well. Sometimes fulfillment is not seen instantly, but incrementally over time. It is only as we take time to seriously reflect and ponder the significance of the birth of the Lord Jesus that we begin to gain a deeper insight into God's intentions, purposes and plans for all humanity. As such, we should not neglect the words of the angel who spoke to the shepherds outside Bethlehem. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. This means that the message of the birth and significance of the Lord Jesus was not just for the people at that time, nor merely for the people of the nation of Israel. The message of the birth and the significance of the Lord Jesus spans all time and all generations of humanity, which includes you and me today and which will include our children and our children's children until the Lord comes again. To diminish the story of the birth of the Lord Jesus to the status of a nice children's story or merely portray it as a localised event in human history is to fail to comprehend what God has done in the Lord Jesus by entering into our reality to bring a message and means of eternal hope and reconciliation with God. In reality, the birth of the Lord Jesus is one of the more significant statements that God has made in human history. And its message endures today. What we learn today is that Simeon and Anna understood this truth. The big question is, what about you? What about you? Each one of us here today have had the legacy of the past 2,000 years to inform and enlighten us in the mysteries of God, his will and his purposes for all humanity. And as we prepare ourselves to embark on the mystery of 2019, and it is a mystery at the moment. None of us know what 2019 is going to hold. But as we prepare ourselves, may the message of the first Christmas resonate in your hearts and minds. And when the Lord Jesus was born in a stable in Bethlehem, God revealed his purposes and his plans for our future. Your future. In the next few days, why not take the time to seriously engage with the gospel records of the Lord Jesus and pray that you will grow in your understanding and faith 
of what God has done that is so radical and life-transforming. It really goes right back into the Old Testament. The promises that God gave to the prophet Isaiah that were fulfilled in Bethlehem. The challenge for us all is not to be seduced by the secular portrayals of the supposed meaning and significance of Christmas. You know what I mean. Baubles, twinkling lights on a tree, images of a fat man wearing a winter suit, driving a non-motorised sleigh being pulled by flying reindeer. Really, which is easier to believe? Brothers and sisters, life lived in fellowship with God is far greater and more important than all this stuff, all this donkshi. Plan today on 2019 being a year in which you encounter the Lord Jesus in a fresh way. That you will open your heart and mind to understand God's will in revealing himself in the person of the Lord Jesus as a baby in Bethlehem and as our Lord and Saviour on the cross of Calvary. When Simeon and Anna first saw the baby Jesus, they knew, they knew with every fibre of their being, they understood because God had prepared them and despite their worldly circumstances, their joy was now complete. They looked forward to a time when the purposes and plans of God would be fulfilled for all humanity. Brothers and sisters, what about you? What about you? Are you still in a quandary? Are you still not sure? Are you merely living for today or are you excited and expectant of what God has prepared for you in 2019 as well as for all eternity? Be like Simeon and Anna. They prepared themselves in prayer. Every day, they waited on God and God fulfilled his promises to them. As we close, let us hear once more the words of Simeon. Lord, now dismiss your servants in peace according to your word. For our eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Let's pray.